Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Conversationalists, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the smoke-filled nation. Good Lord, can we build a wall with some air vents and filtration between us and Canada? I'm looking outside, and it looks like there's fog out on the horizon. And it's the Canadian wildfires all the way down here in Jason Aldean's small town of Macon, Georgia. Which is not a small town, by the way. It's just everywhere. My wife went to the gym this morning. You know, so my wife, stage four lung cancer, training for a strongman competition. She intends to pull a UPS truck. That's the goal. <laughs> we'll see. God bless her. I, this is what she's doing. The cancer's too scared of her to keep spreading. So she, she's doing this. She could barely work out today because the smoke is so bad. And it's the Canadians. The Canadians. It's their fault. It's Justin Trudeau's fault. In any event. So, I thought it was notable. There is a whole lot more buzz in the conservative press today about Ron DeSantis sitting down with Jake Tapper than about the uh, Donald Trump notice of being a target. We, now, we, we, in fairness, we haven't seen an indictment. There are lots of rumors about an indictment of Trump over January 6th, but we haven't actually seen an indictment, and the Justice Department hasn't said anything. But if you watch CNN, you know Jack Smith went out for a foot-long sub. Euphemisms there? Sending Trump a message? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Nothing I can say about Jack Smith getting a foot-long sub uh, would be appropriate at this moment if he's trying to send Donald Trump a message. Um, But... The DeSantis interview with Jake Tapper on CNN, getting way more budge from conservatives. He should do more of these. I've got clips. I, I want to walk you through some of the clips. I'm, I'm actually impressed with his ability to go toe-to-toe with Jake Tapper on CNN, and be engaging, be held accountable, explain uh, apparently contradictory views. It was They should be having him do more of this. Let's take a listen. These are some of the clips from the interview. This is uh, Jake Tapper and Ron DeSantis yesterday. Well, two things. So first, how does China view this? I mean, it's somewhat speculative. Uh, I think what they would like to see in Russia, Ukraine, is a multi-year stalemate in quagmire where the West is pouring in $100 billion, another $200 billion of weapons. Our stocks continue to decline. They don't really care about the Russians. Russia will be more dependent on China as a result of that. So I think that's what Xi would like to see, ideally. Now, in terms of Taiwan... That is a significant interest of the United States. Taiwan is a strong ally. Uh, Taiwan is important for us economically and for a variety of other reasons. Also, uh, a potential Chinese attack on Taiwan successfully would have big reverberations in the Asia Pacific. But our policy is going to be very simple. We're going to deter that from happening. 
China respects hard power. If you have hard power, if you have strong alliances with the Japanese, I visited there a few, few months ago. The Koreans and the Japanese are getting along now. They never used to get along because they both see the threat uh, posed by China. So we're going to work together. We're going to be much stronger. We're going to project power, and we're going to deter that from happening. And let's contrast the governor of Florida with this from last night. But think of President Xi, central casting, brilliant guy. You know, when I say he's brilliant, everyone says, oh, that's terrible. We call him. Well, he runs 1.4 billion people with an iron fist. Smart, brilliant, everything perfect. There's nobody in Hollywood like this guy. Okay. More Ron DeSantis about, well, trans issues. The question is, is, you know, what role does someone that's a man have in women's activities, even if they conceive of themselves to be a woman? I think it's wrong to have men compete in women's sports. I understand some of those men conceive of themselves differently, but it's not fair to the girls who are competing. It's not fair to the women athletes. The swimmers who lost that national championship uh, to the Penn swimmer, I mean, they've been training, too. And so I don't think it's good for that. And I think having things like locker rooms where they're having to share uh, with somebody who's of the opposite sex, you know, I, I think is wrong. So I would respect everybody. But what I wouldn't do is turn society upside down uh, to be able to accommodate, which is a very, very small percentage of the population. He makes compelling points. And Tapper pushed back on issues. They, it was a very good exchange. Now, I know Jake Tapper. Consider him a friend. Uh, we sometimes argue with each other over things. We don't see the world the same way necessarily. He challenges me. What I appreciate him, uh, about him is that even though there may be an issue on which we disagree, and there are a lot, he challenges me to be consistent. If I stake out a position, he expects me to be consistent on it, and, and me with him as well. Uh, he does a good job with these sorts of interviews. CNN should be committed for the More of these, instead of these stupid town halls that they've been doing, Put everybody in the chair with Jake Tapper. Let him ask questions. Uh, DeSantis did a good job. In fact, he made a really good point about the military abortion issue now that Senator Tuberville of Alabama is involved with. By the way, Senator Tommy Tuberville is going to be with me on the program at 1.35 p.m. If you're listening live, uh, 1.35 p.m. Eastern time today. If you're listening in delay, the bottom of the second hour. This is DeSantis on the military travel policy for abortions. He makes a very good point. So I said I'm pro-life. I will be a pro-life president, um, and we will support pro-life policies. Um, at the same time, I look at what's going on in the Congress, and you know I don't see them you know, making very much headway. I think the danger from Congress is if we lose the election, they're going to try to nationalize abortion up until the moment of birth. And in some liberal states, you actually have post-birth abortions, and I think that that's wrong. Also, with respect to the military thing that we talked about, we're going to reverse the abortion tourism policy in the Department of Defense. They're actually paying people uh, to go and get abortions with American tax dollars as part of the military. They won't even pay you. You lose a loved one. You don't get that type of time off to be able to go uh, to do funerals. And so we're going to continue to stand for uh, to stand for life. And we're going to make sure that everybody knows that. You know, that's a very important point that hasn't gotten talked about enough. Uh, The military gives you more time off to go kill a kid than to go attend your own kid's funeral. Uh, it's it's striking that this is where the military is. Your your mom or dad die. Uh, you don't get the bereavement time off that you do to go have an abortion to kill your kid. 
Good for DeSantis highlighting that, uh, and and good for Tapper allowing him to have this sort of conversation. Uh, two more clips. So first, a vital national interest to me means we would potentially send troops there. And I don't think anybody wants to see troops in Ukraine, and I would believe that in 2015 as well. It's more of a secondary or, or tertiary interest. So my policy is going to be very simple. Our number one threat to our country is from China in terms of foreign threat. We also have a threat of being able to not secure our own border. Tens of thousands of people are dying every year because the cartels are running fentanyl. So you got to be strong at home if you want to be strong abroad. And last one. I do have to ask about the breaking news today. Uh, Your chief competitor, the front runner right now, uh, Donald Trump, says he was informed that he is the target of Special Counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election, and Mr. Trump has until Thursday to report to the grand jury. If Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should Donald Trump be held accountable? So here's the problem. Uh, This country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences, and I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg stretched a statute in, in Manhattan to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left, acknowledge if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought uh, against a normal civilian. And so you have a situation where Department of Justice, FBI, uh, have been weaponized uh, against people they don't like. And the number one example of that happened to be against Donald Trump with the Russia collusion. Uh, That was not a legitimate investigation that was being done to try to drive Trump out of office. And so what I've said as president, my job is to restore a single standard of justice to end weaponization of these agencies. We're going to have a new FBI director on day one. Uh, We're going to have big changes at the Department of Justice. Americans across the political spectrum need to have confidence that what is going on is based on the rule of law, not based on what political tribe you're in. And then the second thing I would say is this country needs to have a debate about the country's future. If I'm the nominee, we'll be able to focus on President Biden's failures, and I'll be able to articulate a positive vision for the future. Uh, I don't think it serves us good to have a presidential election focused on what happened four years ago uh, in January. And so I want to focus on looking forward. I don't want to look back. I I do not want to see him. I hope he doesn't get charged. I don't think it'll be good for the country. Uh, But at the same time, I've got to focus on looking forward, and that's what we're going to do. Good answers. Now, there's a reason I play it. I play all these clips. This is the DeSantis that people have been waiting for. And they haven't seen until now. And they need to do more of this. Uh, Polling out of New Hampshire came yesterday. Uh, Trump still has a big lead over DeSantis, but Trump has fallen to 37%. So there's a way to consolidate the race there. Uh, Clearly, about a third of people want Trump, a little more than a third, uh, everybody else wants other people. There's an avenue, there's a path forward for a, a guy like DeSantis and others, but he's got to, in this reboot and reshuffling of his campaign, do more like this. And the other thing to point out is that this is the way we need to do these interviews in the country on television. One of the things I've been critical of with the DeSantis campaign is that, and, and I mean, he's come on my show. And I kind of, I take a different approach the way I like to do interviews. I I don't want to do the deep dive, meet the press style interview. I want to let them say what their vision is, ask them probative questions in that regard. But a lot of the interviews that happen in conservative media are, let's talk about the wokes, DeSantis. You're fighting the wokes. Let's talk about fighting the wokes. Let's talk about 
fighting Disney. Uh, what about his foreign policy? What about how he sees China and Ukraine? What about these other issues? We haven't learned a lot of those things. And in fact, his website has been pretty blank on policy. So here he comes with Jake Tapper, who allows him to breathe in the interviews. If he wants his campaign to really recover and get some upward momentum, this is it. And look what happened on a big news day related to Donald Trump yesterday. The DeSantis interview with uh, Jake Tapper dominated the discussions online and off. There has been more news coverage from multiple media outlets about DeSantis being on with Jake Tapper than there has been about Donald Trump getting a target letter. That's pretty striking. It was a good news day for DeSantis. After a couple of rough weeks for his campaign, it was a good news day for him, objectively so. More of this, please. Let him get out there. Let him talk. Let him explain. And focus on the policies that matter to people. Jake Tapper did a very commendable job of focusing on the issues that matter, not the esoteric issues that some tribal members of the right want to focus on. This was good. More of this, please. More of this for all of the candidates. We need interviews like this where they get to actually explain how they view the world and what they want and what their policy differences would be. Also, he makes a very subtle good point on the Donald Trump issue that if Trump and Biden are the nominees, we're going to be relitigating 2020 for an entire campaign season as opposed to focusing on the future. That's a good message to keep bringing up. Want to be on the show? Hello? I I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Well, this is a little curious, uh, more than a little curious. The, the Biden administration has suspended funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology following a months-long review that determined the Chinese Research Institute is not compliant with federal regulations and is not presently responsible. According to the memo, they haven't received funding from the U.S. National Institutes of Health since July of 2020. The administration review and determination came after the Research Institute failed to provide the National Institutes of Health with requested documents about its safety. Now, this is all very curious because we were told that we weren't funding the lab at all. I mean, I, I distinctly remember people in the government and on the press assuring us there was no funding for the lab, and if you questioned the safety standards at the lab, you were a racist. So suddenly the safety standards are in doubt, and we're no longer going to fund them. But if we're no longer going to fund them, that means we were funding them, and we were funding them at a time people in government said we were not funding them, and people in the media told you you were a racist if you considered that possibly the, the virus came from the lab and, and it was a c- crazy conspiracy theory that we were funding research at the lab. Interesting. Now, what I also find very interesting 
is that the U.S. intelligence, this is from CNN, the U.S. intelligence community has yet to reach a conclusion about where the virus originated. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a declassified report last month that stated the U.S. intelligence community could not determine whether researchers at the lab who fell ill in the fall of 2019 were infected with COVID-19, but identified safety and security issues at the lab. Many other experts say evidence suggests that the coronavirus likely emerged from a Wuhan seafood market. However, the U.S. Department of Energy, which specializes in labs like this, they believe that the virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the FBI as well. Uh, The two organizations with the most expertise to determine where it came from say it came from there, and yet uh, CNN completely leaves that out. CNN does not mention that the U.S. Department of Energy has concluded that most likely the virus came from the lab. Very curious omission in the story. They rely on the intelligence community, but not the energy department that actually has the expertise in dealing with bioweapons laboratories. Very curious indeed. But also very curious that we were told that we weren't funding this laboratory and now we're told that we were funding it, but we're not going to fund it anymore because of the safety and security concerns that we were told if we raised, we were racist. It's just funny how this works. Maybe maybe this has something to do with so much of the media uh, not being trusted by the American public and, and people latching onto conspiracy theories because they know the government's lying to us about so much. Uh, better the conspiracy theory than the lie from the government, I guess. That's where people are leading, and the media has a lot of blame to share in people doing that. All right, before we move on to other stuff, i got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. The three-pack is available right now. now okay, just real-world stuff here. So it, is, it actually is very smoky here today, uh, and I'm in, I'm in Georgia uh, and we can see that I, those of you in Connecticut, uh, God bless you. I don't know how your sky looks today, but I got to imagine since you're closer to Canada than me, it looks worse than here. And here it looks like we're in a perpetual fog. Uh, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier. It gets rid of the particulate floating in the air, and it also cleans the air and gets rid of noxious smells. It's not going to work outside. We don't have enough of them to just run everywhere. But inside, it might help you. Um, whether you've got smoke odors, pet odors, litter box odors, you got noxious fumes, particulate floating in the air, it can trap them on electrostatic plates. It just works. You can get three of them, upstairs, downstairs, basement, RV, travel bag, whatever you need. I keep one in my travel bag. You can get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, Get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. Get rid of the odors in your house, your rental car, your hotel room, and also the particulate floating in the air. EdenPureDeals.com. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I'm going to shake things up a little bit here. 
I want to read you a story. This is local to me. Very local, hyper-local story. But I'm going to read it anyway. Got my wife all worked up last night. Five teens are in custody. After a series of shootings throughout Macon, Georgia, according to the Bibb County Sheriff's Office, they say on July 8th, around 9.47 a.m., deputies responded to the 4500 block of Shadow Lawn Drive about shots fired. When they got there, four teens opened fire on the home in the area and then ran away. No one inside the house was hurt. Deputies gathered evidence and the investigation began. Then on Wednesday, around 6 a.m., deputies responded to the Ayers Road area about teens standing in the road attempting to stop cars when they got close. One person said multiple teams came out of the nearby wood line with guns and stopped their car. No one was hurt. Deputies continued to investigate when they got a call about shots fired in the 4500 block of Bonaire Circle and the 4600 block of Shadow Lawn Drive. They said cars were damaged in the area, but no one was hurt. Later, deputies found the suspects near the 4600 block of Lakewood Avenue. They found shell casings in front of homes they say matched those in the Shadow Lawn Drive shooting of July 8th. They talked to the residents of the home. They identified 17-year-old Jeremiah Quintez McRae as a suspect. Three 15-year-olds and one 14-year-old were also suspects. All the teens were arrested at the scene. Deputies recovered three handguns, an AR-15 rifle with an attached drum, marijuana, scales, counterfeit bills, extended magazines, and additional boxes of ammunition that were the same as those found outside the home and evidence from the shooting on Chatelon Drive. McCray was transported to the Bibb County Law Enforcement Center. The other four teens transported to the Macon Regional Youth Development Center. All suspects are charged with possession of handgun by a minor, discharge of a weapon on or near public highways or streets, possession of drug-related objects, possession of marijuana with intent to distribute, forgery, and reckless conduct with a firearm. Additional charges are pending. I bring this story up. One, because... This happened literally one block over from my kid's school. The other reason I bring it up is because it's Macon, Georgia. That's where Jason Aldean is from. And if you know anything happening right now in the world today, Jason Aldean is in controversy over Try That in a Small Town. Uh, the lyrics of which he is accused of perpetuating lynching, among other things. It's it's a it's a nonsensical scandal. Sucker punch someone on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, act like a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that might fly in the city. Good luck. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here, we take care of our own. 
You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I don't recommend you try that in a small town. Full of good old boys raised up right. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town. CMT has pulled the video for his for his song. He's being accused, I kid you not, of promoting lynching. Critics say, it's always critics say, there is no non-racialized way to write a song about lynchings. Jackie Lewis, a faith leader, wrote on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, yes, I knew it. I knew it. Jackie Lewis has her pronouns in her Twitter bio. Never take seriously anyone with pronouns in their Twitter bio. Yet CNN is using that. Other commentators point out the lyrics call to mind sundown towns or communities that exclude people of color with threats of violence. People really want to be worked into a frenzy. Now, uh, Aldine is singing the song. He did not write the song. The song was written by Kurt Allison, Tully Kennedy, Kelly Loveless, and Neil Thrasher. Um, y'all, this is a non-controversy, except CNN gives away the game at the bottom of their story on this. Aldine responded to criticism, saying uh, the references are not only meritless but dangerous. There's not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. There isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes too far. My political views have never been something I'd hidden from. And I know that a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we get back to a sense of normalcy where we go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up at night. But the desire for it, too, that's what the song is about. You know, he's also been attacked because his wife was seen hugging Donald Trump. Aha! He's clearly racist because of this song. Now, I got to CNN gives away the game of what's going on here. Aldine has been a fixture in the country music pantheon for years and is among contemporary country radio's most played voices. The controversy comes at a time when country music itself is evolving and more diverse acts hitting the mainstream and big stars speaking out in support of racial justice, LGBTQ rights, and other social issues. They're highlighting all Orville Peck, who is gay. They're highlighting... Um, country music stars speaking out against racism and discrimination. Oh, my gosh. All right. You know, there is this thing happening in the country where the progressive elite are trying to force uh, change on everything. This is happening in country music. Uh, They're trying to force country music to change. They're trying to, as Nashville becomes more hipster and woke and progressive, and Nashville is in fact becoming more hipster, woke, and progressive, uh, a lot of country music stars are being pressured to conform. It's real easy, for example, for a country music star these days to speak out on gun violence and uh, demand gun control or support uh, gay rights. 
It's very hard to be a traditional, open Christian evangelical, even in country music these days. There's a lot of pressure from the recording industry. Jason Aldean is one of those people who sticks out as a uh, allegedly difficult-to-deal-with person in the country music from uh, middle Georgia who is a conservative who has hung out with Donald Trump, and, well, they don't like that guy anymore. There needs to be a purging. It reminds me of the Morgan Wallen controversy where he was videotaped using the N-word. He wasn't meaning it as a pejorative. He was talking to a friend. He used it, and they, they took him off country radio, and all it did was make him bigger. In fact, the controversy with uh, Jason Aldean has made him bigger. His song has gone to number one now with the attention it's gotten. Uh, a buddy of mine emailed me and said, you listen to it, it it, it sounds like uh, Merle Haggard's Okie from Muskogee. But the left is upset. Country music has been perceived for some time as something that people on the right embrace. You know, I'm not a huge country music listener. I've got really eclectic music tastes. Uh, Zach Bryan is a country star from Oklahoma, was in the Navy. I've kind of rediscovered when I was little. So I love when I was a kid, um, Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre. I love Reba McIntyre. Um, at one point in my life, Reba McIntyre followed me on Twitter, and it was just one of the greatest days of my life. I love Reba McIntyre's voice. I like her old school country songs. I just I, I don't know a lot of the country music artists these days. I listen to like Zach Bryan and others. I'm not a big Jason Aldean fan. It's just not my thing. I, I have a really eclectic music taste, but uh, only some country is a part of it, and mostly older country music. I'll listen to anything Johnny Cash sang. But it's perceived country music is as being on the right, and therefore it's problematic. So here comes a song, and the basic message is um, small towns are different. You can't get away in small towns with a lot of the stuff that you can in big cities because everybody knows everybody. Uh, your mama's going to get a phone call. You know, my well, I, I I shouldn't tell this story, but now that I've gone down this road, I'll 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 be discreet in how I tell it. When my sister was little, when my oldest sister was little, she and a friend hid in some bushes. A woman walked past. They jumped out and yelled at the woman and scared her. My mama knew before my sister got home, and her butt got torn up. She was jumping out of bushes, scaring people. And small town America. So when I was when I was a kid, I grew up in Dubai, but we would come home during the summer to small town America. I grew up in Jackson, Louisiana, a population of like 1,500 if you counted the mental patients at the local mental hospital. I mean, everybody's kin to everybody. It was one of those things. I would go to I would go to school, and the school receptionist, her name was Betty Metz. She was in the the elementary school, and I would go in, and she would ask me if I heard about what happened to so and so, and I didn't know who so and so was. She says, "Oh, you know who so and so is. She 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 lived down the street from your mama. She went to school with McEwen with your mama, and and she dated she she dated so and so who married so and so, and and you know who this person. I had no idea who she was talking about, but this is the sort of small town I grew in. Everybody just assumed everybody knew everybody, and everybody kind of was kin to everybody." You look at the family tree, and it's kind of like like one line for everybody, except we're not in Alabama, so it did have a few branches. And, I mean, this is this is the town that I grew up in. 
my wife, when we were when we were younger and we were dating, she came over one time uh, for New Year's and we were standing outside shooting fireworks. Fireworks at the time were illegal in Georgia. But in Louisiana, we were sitting there right next to the police station for our house shooting fireworks with the police officers, half of whom were cousins. And she couldn't believe it. It's just that's that's where we were. And you couldn't get away with anything because everybody knew it. That's the point of Jason Aldean's song is that uh, there are parts of America where you just can't get away with this. His music video shows a white Antifa kids throwing Molotov cocktails. And yet somehow it's perceived as being racist by people with pronouns in their Twitter bio because they want to be victims, because they want to be aggrieved, and because they resent like hell that country music is still perceived as being something conservatives like. It's like, for example, it was extremely problematic for Donald Trump to go to a uh, fight, a UFC fight in Las Vegas. And everybody on the left was horrified. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and Guy Fieri shook Donald Trump's hand, and they were vilified by people on the left. Meanwhile, nobody on the right gives a damn what anybody on the left does. We don't care that you're hobnobbing in the Hamptons with a group of uh, Jeffrey Epstein-adjacent pedophiles. We don't really care what you're doing on your private jet. We don't care that Leo DiCaprio can't seem to date anyone over 18 years old and would prefer to date a fetus if he could. We don't really care. We think it's a little weird. We think it's a little off. But we're not out there upset. The left believes they should have such a lock on culture when a song comes along like Jason Aldean's song that values small town values. They've got to condemn him and paint him as a racist. And then you have seen him give away the game with their trying to make country music more progressive. This is all part of the walk of shame to make country more woke. You saw what happened with Bud Light when they went woke. The left doesn't care. They just don't like the fact that Country music tends to reflect conservative values. They're not going to listen to it, even if it goes woke. They're not going to listen to country music. They just don't want it to reflect people's values other than theirs. This kind of comes and is related to a number of stories, including some research out of Germany lately. Some German university professors found that people on the left tend to be far more intolerant of the views of people who disagree with them than people on the right are. We see that in this country. We see it everywhere. People on the left think everyone must conform to them. They are the Borg. You must be assimilated into left-wing causes, and if you're not, you must be shunned and condemned. Here comes Jason Aldean with a song that has nothing to do with race or racism, and left-wing woke people interpret it as a song about a lynching, not because they really believe it, but because they know it's a way to shame him and get his music taken off the air for daring to value the morals and values of small-town America when they don't like small-town America, they want small-town America to go away. They don't like its values. They don't like its people. They don't like that you got a carbon footprint because you got to drive into the city. They want us all to live in cities where Antifa can firebomb our house if we have wrong think. But people have responded by driving Jason Aldean's song up to number one. I would just say this in closing, though. Back to the original story. Macon, Georgia. I literally am talking to you from here in Macon, Georgia, where I was on the city council. It's not a small town. But I have noticed that the natives of Macon, Georgia, are convinced it's a small town, and they operate accordingly. Now, we must move on. i got to tell you about, uh, what do I have to tell people about? Vision computers, yes. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes, because, you know, school's coming back, y'all. And if you if your kid needs a laptop 
or a desktop computer for school, y'all should reach out to Vision Computer and talk to them uh, because they're probably going to save you some money from going to a big box store where your kid decides they need all this elaborate fancy stuff and they really don't for school. Vision's going to get you what you need and you're going to save money. And then here's the cool thing. Your kid can call them for tech support so you don't have to worry about it. You do not have to worry about the tech support. Vision will answer your kid's call and help them get it set up. They've done it with my kid. I am living proof of this. They got his email set up. They got, He was having a monitor issue. Issue. They fixed it. He just calls the number. They answer the phone, and they can diagnose it remotely. If y'all want back-to-school savings for computers, Vision Computer, and now here's the thing. I don't care where you are nationwide. They can do this for you. So if you're in California or if you're in Maine, if you're in Miami, Florida, or, or I don't care, call them, 404-COMPUTE. Call them, 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you, Eric Erickson. Give them, tell them I sent you. They'll give you a good deal. 404 Compute. Listen, school is coming back. If you need tech support, if you need a computer for your kid, desktop or laptop, Vision Computers can put it together for you, save you some money, get your kid what they actually need for school, and then be your kid's tech support so you're not having to deal with the tech support. Let Vision do it. 404 Compute. That's their number. 404 Compute. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. This out of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you are responsible for the finances of a business, you're trying to get access to capital to buy a build and build a build and buy a franchise, what have you, reach out to them if you need $250,000 or more. Go to FirstLibertyGA.com. They can help your business anywhere in the nation. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. I, I, I want to – do I have to – I don't really have time to doggone it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Let me, let me play this. This is from Nancy Pelosi talking about Joe Biden. Again, age is relative. What I, I was in L.A. Uh, for some Democratic stuff recently, and I met with Norman Lear, who's 100, going on 101. He was telling me some new shows he was involved in. I was meeting with Frank Gehry, a, a, a 90-something architect, showing me new buildings. He's building throughout the world. Uh, and uh, they were like, 80s? He's a kid. But as a kid, as, <laughs> It is. It's relative. He's he's younger than I am, so I he's a kid to me as well. Oh, ha, 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 ha. he's in his eighties and can barely talk half the time and loses his way off stage. He's just a kid. He's just like a toddler. He, he babbles and then he loses his way and wets his diaper. Oh, he's just like a, this. Is really the defense of Joe Biden's age? They want to make is that that Nancy Pelosi thinks Joe Biden, since he's younger than her, is fit for office. Really. They know they have a problem. They just can't figure out how to get the guy to go away. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. 